Hello, everyone, and welcome to the November Geek Embassy Hangout. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, and I'm here with a large selection of our geek ambassadors. We have Isabella, Julie, Mark, and Evan all joining us today. So welcome, everybody. Hi. 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 <laughs> all course of highs, all together. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no worth the way. <laughs> we need to work that out before we go live. Oh, I, yeah. I thought it would be fun to just be spontaneous, but I guess not. <laughs> I think we have to have the amount of talent that it takes to be spontaneous with something like that. <laughs> well, I know we have at least one other singer at Noel too, because we played rock band together. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I'm not that good a singer. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> That's why we keep it at home. Right, exactly. Exactly. Or if we do karaoke, it's with copious amounts of alcohol involved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, so for our November Hangout, we're doing our Geeky Gift Guide. Uh, we are giving recommendations based on the consulates associated with the Geek Embassy. So we have story suggestions, lifestyle, pop culture, technology, and gaming. Um, which pretty much covers a lot of geeky interest, at least I hope. <laughs> uh, somebody has the Hangout running with their sound in the background. I'm getting an echo. So if anybody has a YouTube link open, could you just check and see? No? Am I the only one who hears the echo? I'm hearing it. It could it. be coming from inside your head. <laughs> well, I'm gonna try. Mute, I'm gonna try muting my mic and see if that it fixes it. Okay. Hello, hello. Yeah, it does. Technical difficulties. Yeah. And is it back? I don't think so. No, now it's gone. Right okay. Right. Good. Okay. Well, that fixed that. Uh, yeah, I don't know the technical difficulties I've had in the last uh, 36 hours of recording. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand any of them or how any of them got fixed. Gremlins. Gremlins, yes. We're going to becoming self-aware and belligerent. I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> All right, so many of you probably noticed that Rhonda is not here with us today, um, but she has forwarded <laughs> on. I know. That's Why, nice Rhonda? She is already um, visiting her family for the holiday, uh, so she wasn't able to get away for our hangout. Um, as always, Rhonda, we miss you terribly. Uh, but I have her list, so I have her suggestions. So I'll, we'll also be sharing her suggestions as we go through our gift guide. All right, so I think our consensus was to start with story, and I'm going to throw it to Isabella to begin. So what do you have for story? Oh, you didn't tell me I was going first. <laughs> um, okay, for story, I have tickets to a play. My friends took me to see the Oregon Trail at the Portland Center Stage Armory last night, and it was excellent, and that's not something that I do very often. So, so explain this to me, because I saw your pictures from it. So it's a yes. play or a musical based on the Oregon Trail game? Um, so it's kind of... It uses the Oregon Trail as kind of like a framing device for a story through, like throughout the squirrel's life and okay. like the difficulties of it. So it's, it's a bit surreal. Okay. <laughs> but it's like two, it's two narratives. It's her playing the game and then what's actually happening in the game. 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So kind of like a cross narratives, I guess. Yes. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I can't say any more than that without spoiling it. Without spoiling it. dies of dysentery, I bet. Well, yeah, that does happen. It's guaranteed. (laughs) But not in the game, even in real life. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be an achievement for sure. Managed to finish dysentery. Right. Yeah, achievement unlocked dysentery. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, that sounds really innovative. Yes. Yes, it was really cool. And I liked how they used like technology on the stage during the play. Um, and how long does it run for? I had no idea it was a thing. Um, well, actually, that specific play uh, today is the last day that it's showing, at least here. Mm-hmm. But um, the, I've been to other plays at the, the Armory, and I really like them. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about Julie? What do you have for story? For story, well... Um, so I tried to, to share this book that I loved from high school, um, but that shows how old I am because it's no longer in print. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't laugh so hard because, (laughs) because I just shouldn't laugh so hard, but I can't help myself. (laughs) But when when I discovered that, I thought it was still kind of cool because, um, you know, I don't know the history of this writer, but to my knowledge, he's only written a couple of books, and they were both sci-fi books. And um, so the book is called Emergence, and it's by a writer who, he's passed away now, but his name is David Palmer. And um, I think it's actually David R. Palmer. Yes, R. Palmer. And um, it is from the perspective of like an um, adolescent girl, um, and it basically is about uh, like a post-apocalyptic set- setting. Um, but there was um, unknowing to her this um, kind of uh, almost like super race of humans, and she's one of them and didn't know it. Um, she actually happened to go down into like a bomb shelter when, when it all happened and <laughs> came out and it's kind of her, her trek across the U S um, trying to find other people and <laughs> kind of what to do from there. And um, even though it's from the perspective of an 11 year old girl, it's very much um you know, a, a book that men would like too. It's not a girly book. And so, um, and you read I, it in high school. I read it in high school. Okay. And, um, it's, I still own it. Um, and I, it's one of those that I've, you know, read a few times over the last 20 years. <laughs> and, um, he, uh, the book, what really, when I, when I, I wasn't going to bring it up once I realized it wasn't a print, but you can still get it, um, you know, from like uh, um, half.com. Um, right, or other like used booksellers. Used and books stuff. on Amazon, yeah. yeah. And because he's only written a couple of books, and I and I just really think it's such a good book, um, that I think it's really kind of cool to celebrate this guy that who's passed, and he's like, 
you know, one of those people who's just written a couple of books in his life and, yeah. and we're still, still, you know, to have somebody 20 years later, you know, bring More it up better. and kind of reintroduce it to people who may not know about it. I just think that's really cool. I think that he would be touched and honored, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's interesting because the selections for, um, in high school for reading in high school are, are usually pretty specific, um, or at least they used to be. So it's interesting to think about um, you had that as a selection in high school because it meant they went sort of out of a set curriculum to present it, especially for science yeah. fiction, because I don't think well, I remember any science fiction from high school. Well, it wasn't a book that we had that the whole class read. It was actually for my freshman English class, and the librarian had brought in this card of books and that she recommended, like, had okayed for us to read. Right. You know, like, okay. for a, a, it wasn't a book report. It was like a book report test we ended up taking on it. But That's cool. Um, well, it's cool so that you got to choose. Ended, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so I, I, I got to choose it. And he actually did write a sequel to this, but it's only in like a, a short story. It was written in, in a, um, a science, and I actually bought it and I haven't read it, but it's a science fiction um, like magazine series. Hmm. Um, and so, um, but anyway, I, I just thought it was kind of cool. And, and then when I was doing this, um, it it kind of reminded one of the copies uh, that I saw was available was from um, was a like from a library, you know, like the library had sold the book, and and so or maybe somebody never returned it to a library and it ended up to this used bookseller or something, you know, <laughs> or you but, know they sell books, they give you know they have book sales sometimes to support yeah, the library yeah. And stuff, so yeah. yeah, so that made me think, you know, that's also kind of a um, another really great. Um, you know, almost free gift that you could give to somebody is if someone, you know, who loves books, but maybe doesn't have their own library card or mm -hmm. um, yeah. the libraries are so innovative now. They have where they borrow books from other libraries and you can have them delivered to your door. And, you know, it's not like it used to be where you had to go to the, the, the card rack and try and find a book, you know, yeah. <laughs> so um, and so, well, there's no card rack anymore. <laughs> you don't even have to have a human being check out your books. Like I got so, <laughs> this was not that long ago. I was so confused. I went to the library and I went to check out books and I walked up to the librarian. And I'm like, can you check these out for me? And she just looked at me like, yeah, I'm like I asked something wrong. And I didn't even notice that there were like six stations set up with these automatic reader things that you just put the books down and you push a button and it checks them all out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. That there was a self-check at the library. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, it is cool. It is. It's very, you know, very easy. And she was just like, why are you asking me this? And it's because I just didn't know that, you know, there was an option. <laughs> yeah. But I was just thinking that would be also be, you know, a cool, a cool gift is you could take the time to kind of research the, the library system for somebody. If you're in the same one, um, mm -hmm. you could pull up the website and, and um, you can even have them go online and find books they would want to check out. And then you, usually for a library card, you have to go to the library itself. Or if you want to just use like ebooks, you can do that online um, yeah. for the library. I but, think you can um, check real books out. There's a, an app for at least our local library that I know is bigger than that. It's called Overdrive, which I think you can use to check out books. Um, yeah, you yeah. could 
can check what's going on online, but as far yeah. as a library card, you have to yeah. go in person and do it with your ID and stuff. So you could set up a date, you know, where you would drive them to the library and then they can have, you know, go out for coffee or something. And that could be a free, fun gift, um, you know, for somebody who likes books to to take them to the library and make sure that it's just a gift that keeps on giving. So yeah. it just it came to mind when I was looking for this book. Awesome. I like it. Cool. All right, Mark, what do you have for a story? The, the, as you mentioned in the pre-hangout chat, um, you want an I, only book. I, I, it's pretty much my favorite book of probably the last few years. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it at least two or three times on the show already at some point or another, but um, The Martian by Andy Weir. Mm -hmm. um, it's by far probably the best book I've read in uh, a decade at least. <laughs> so, and I just read it again the other, the other day. So um, yeah, I, as far as I'm concerned, it's probably one of the, the only books you really need in your, in your library. In your library. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I still haven't read it. It's Are you book. kidding me? <laughs> I'm going to be in such trouble. <laughs> Isabella, I know you, of other books you have to read, too. I read it, yeah. Isabella, make her read it. I'm pretty sure I can lend it to you on, okay. from my Kindle. Oh, that would be great. Or go over yeah. and read it to her or something. I don't know. <laughs> I highly recommend the audiobook for that as well. I was just going to say, I thought the audiobook recording was done by um, um, somebody famous, but I can't remember who it was. I don't know who it was either, but I remember it was good. Yeah. Okay. yeah. The, the audio book is just as good as the actual book, so. Cool. All right. Well, I've been thinking about, I've been playing around with the, um, getting an Audible subscription, so I think this might be the second recommendation in the last 36 Overdrive. hours. Overdrive also has audio books. What was that? Uh, Overdrive, the library, like, ebook checkout. Yeah. They also yeah. do audio books. Yeah, I started um, listening to Ready Player One, uh, on my overdrive account and I had to wait I think four months to check it out <laughs> Because it was in such demand I was on the wait list forever and then I didn't finish it in time So I ended up <laughs> buying it anyway <laughs> because I was like I, I mean I what oh, it's gone So I had to know what ha what happened. So um, <laughs> yeah, I still haven't read that one myself, but I have a reason for that I'm not reading that until Ryan reads the Martian Oh, okay. So we've got a whole like deal thing going on here. Oh, he's like, you need to, you really need to read this book. You really need to read this book. And I'm like, have you read The Martian yet? No. Well, you really <laughs> need to read that one. When you read that one, I'll read the other one. Well, we have we have a viewer who is engaging in our chat. So uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us for our hangout today. And um, he said he hasn't also has not read The Martian and he hasn't seen the movie because there is a movie out with it too. So which is also it, very good. Yes. It is also very good. Not as good as the book as they rarely are, but it is still very good. Yeah, it's very true to the book though. Like it, yeah. it felt pretty much as close to it as it could get. Yeah, without tacking on another two or three hours onto the running time of the movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not very as many cool. planting potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> There's quite a bit of potato farming. <laughs> That's usually a deal breaker for me in a game. So like when I have to do too much gathering. So I was really sad that in the movie, I don't recall. I don't think he ever said it, but when he came up with his own, his own unit of measurement um, called pirate ninjas, 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when that came up on the in the book the other day, I was just like, oh, yes, the pirate ninjas. I don't think that was in the movie. That would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a good catchphrase. <laughs> All right, Evan, what have you got? Well, uh, there's this one book that's good for anyone who happens to be a mother who also <laughs> likes to play video games. It's called Mothering the Game. And it's about a mother who plays video games. And her name is Regina McMenemy. And she's pretty darn good at at least writing about being a mother and playing video games. I don't know how good she is at playing video games and being a mother, but I assume about as good. So there's <laughs> that to read. But also, I also have to give a shout out to my absolute favorite book series currently being written, which is The Dresden Files, which I am obsessed with to an unwholesome degree. And it's like 14 or 15 books long at this point, and I've read through it like three times. And wow. like back to back. Wow. It, it's, yeah, it, it's so good. It's It's got the perfect balance of everything in it. Like it's a urban fantasy story and it has action, it has comedy, it has drama, it has suspense, and it has them all in exactly the right balance. So like you never get bored of one thing or another thing and it all is done well. So I I can't recommend that enough. Oh cool. Cool. I like series. I like well obviously I like series because I like to get really sort of engaged with my characters and be able to continue to return to them. So mm-hmm. something with that much uh uh although I have no time to read right now but yeah. <laughs> sometime in my life building, that will return. The world building that he does is just incredible. Like he makes this entire fantasy universe just fit into our own universe flawlessly in a way that you wouldn't even question it. It's hmm. great. That's a lot of skill. That takes a lot of skill cuz often yeah. you know read something and be like, well, that's not you know reasonable. Do you cool. recommend um, getting into the first book, or is there somewhere else that you can start? You, you want to start at the first book. The first book is called Stormfront, and it's it's good because like each individual book is well enough contained on its own that they do kind of stand out. So you could mm-hmm. technically read pretty much any of them out of order if you wanted to, but there's also an overall story arc for the entire series that you'll miss out on if you do it out of order. I made the mistake of reading them partially out of order the first time I read them, and, like, they're all so good. You might as well start at the beginning and just work your way through, because that way you you get the, like, all of the characters in this series, which spans, like, ten years or something, they all grow. So every single one of them is at a different place at the beginning from where they are by where he's left off right now, and I really need him to come out with another book. He hasn't come out with a book in, like, two years. But it's like you can see them just grow and mature as characters, and that's like half the fun of it for me. I've read cool. five or six of those myself. I do recommend them. Cool. Like, yeah. Don't watch the sci-fi TV show. No. <laughs> it is <awful. laughs> it is so campy. And it doesn't have anything to do with the books like no. at all. It's it like got some of the names. That's, that's just it. sad. I hate when they deviate that far. Like I can, I can understand when you when you can't do you know word for word adaptation, but you and you can but you can still stay within you know 
the uh, spirit of the original, but if you just go completely off, it's... Yeah, that whole thing screams of just, like, development interference from higher-ups. Yeah. And all kinds of stuff like that. Just, yeah. no, don't try and change what's not broken. <laughs> All right, so I have a recommendation uh, for Story, um, uh, which is a novel that I also think uh, lots and lots of people will enjoy reading. Um, and we were talking before we went live about the uh, the thrill of the unknown, and uh, that's definitely big in Tantalus Depths, which is by our very own Evan Graham, um, and has re received and reached full publishing funding on Inkshares. Um, so congratulations to Evan. I don't think we've actually congratulated you on the um, the monumental feat of pre-selling over 750 books. So. It wasn't easy. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't imagine that it was. Uh, but you can still pre-order uh, Tantalus Steps on Inkshare, so make sure you check that out. Um, Rhonda has a suggestion for stories, story which is um, a graphic novel called Paper Girls, um, Volume One. Um, she has a link up for here, but the basic description she gave of Paper Girls is: the Paper Girls were breaking more than the glass ceiling when they took on paper routes in 1988. Paper Girls takes you on a time traveling escapade with four 12-year-old girls to save the world. So I can't speak to it because I haven't read it, but I know Isabella has at least the first, the first. I have the first volume over there, right by my bed, <laughs> waiting for me. Waiting for, waiting for a time for waiting you Waiting for, it. right after this, when I plan to start reading it, so. Nice, so it's like right on your next list. Was it a recommendation from Rhonda to check it out? Yeah, Rhonda actually recommended it to me personally, because she knew that I read the other stuff that I like reading, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was reading it while we were at Geek Girl Con. I remember seeing it as one of the books that she had. So definitely check that out. Um, I liked the artwork, but I've seen the artwork of it too. All right, uh, let's see. The next consulate we're going to discuss. Uh, let's look at lifestyle. And who wants, I won't pick on you guys, who wants to jump in with their lifestyle recommendation? I'll do it because mine's easy. Okay. <laughs> A cooling pillow. I love cooling pillows. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan let me use one at his place uh, last year when I came out to visit, and again this year when I was out visiting, and I dig them. Yeah. So I, I think everybody should have a cooling pillow, unless you're a wimp and can't stand the cold. So. <laughs> Does it actually like cool you down? Like. Um. It's got. Uh, let me. Let me pull up the the scientific you know backing of it I don't really think it's well it might be scientific who knows who knows I'm, I'm looking right now um, basically they've got like a, a gel um, surface that's on one side of the pillow and um, that stays cooler longer than just like a regular you know a regular pillow, pillow would yeah and um, I don't know. I just dig them. Yeah. They're, they're usually, uh, well, I shouldn't say usually, but, um, typically I've seen them contoured, you know, it's a contour. Right. Yeah. Like for neck support. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just, I just dig them. That's all I can say about them. If, if you, if you like finding the cool spot in the sheets and on the pillow, go with that. Give that a it shot. It seems like it'd be really nice in the summer. It especially. Is. 
it is. It, well, they actually have cooling system. mattresses now to our mattress toppers where you can get that, like, have that same kind of gel technology in them to cool off. Mm, maybe I need to do that, too. You might need to look into that. <laughs> of course, my wife would hate it because she runs about, like, I don't know, at 65 and I run at about 105. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it would be that would that's my only hesitation for any of that is like I t run naturally cold. So yeah, yay, cooling. No, I want to be warm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Isabella, what do you have for I will go. And um, so art is a piece of the lifestyle consulate. Yes. And I just got this really pretty art book. In the well, that's just the cover. So it looks like this. One of my favorite artists, her name is Lois Van Barl. She's a, a Dutch artist, and she does, like, digital artwork. But I love this kind of thing, and I think anyone who's into art would love, like, an art book that you picked out yourself for them because they're very fun to look at. And this one in particular has, like, behind-the-scenes, um, like, progress in different artworks, like, different steps along the way. Oh, that show Which, kind of like the evolution of it, like the evolution of, of how it goes. Like, I think I don't know how well you can see that, but like the different steps that the artist went through to finish a piece. And I think that's really cool as an art earned. Yeah, I like that. I like your, your comment too, a lot like Julie's, you know, comment about like, you know, using the library as a good way to explore story. Um, I think meaningful gifts are really important. So if you picked out, if you knew somebody that liked art and you picked out something that you really appreciated or an artist that was close to your heart, sharing that with someone can be really cool. Yeah, and the, yeah, there's, you can find so many suggestions for stuff online. Um, and if they, if they look at that stuff online, it'd be pretty easy to find out. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of stuff they like. Yeah, totally. Very cool. Do some investigating. <laughs> yes. Yeah, see what people like or what they've, you know, kinds of uh, accounts maybe they followed on Instagram and things like that. Because yeah. that's where I like a lot of art stuff, like a lot of the art stuff and photography I look at is on Instagram. So, yeah, cool. All right, what about you, Evan? I have this. It's a steel poster of HK47 from the Knights of the Old Republic games, which I'm always going to have something Star Wars related to share just because it's how I am. <laughs> but it's like, it's really cool. It's like, it's a poster, but it's printed directly on metal. And I got it from this site called Displate, And they have like tons and tons and tons of different designs from like all kinds of, it, a lot of it's geeky stuff, but some of it's like more mainstream stuff, but there's like just everything. So like, it's all like printed directly on metal and, the only problem I have with this particular one is it won't hang on my wall. I think my wall is too textury, so I need to get a frame for it. But it's cool, and I like it. It looks really cool. Like, it looks different from, like, a poster poster. Well, yeah, because so. I, I imagine printing on metal is going to affect the way the poster's printed and the way the color comes through, mm -hmm. and texture and all that kind of stuff. And you can hang it, like, magnetically, too. Fancy. That would be pretty cool. Awesome. Well, Julie is one of our lifestyle ambassadors, so high hopes here, Jules. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> See that bus? I just threw you under it. 
<laughs> well, you'd think I'd probably do something music here, but since lifestyle also includes um, a little bit of everything, um, I am crazy nuts for this um, this cooker I got. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It's the brand is Aroma Housewares. And I, I got mine from Costco, but, um, they, you know, they have them on Amazon and stuff, too. Right. There's different versions of it. But the one I have is, um, I originally bought it as as to be a, a, a really kick-butt rice cooker. <laughs> and it does, it does all, all these other kind of things that I use it way more than I do for rice. And so um, it's... it's um, it kind of looks like a, a round stainless steel um, slow cooker, but it's got you know a clamp down uh, plastic lid, so it doesn't have anything clear where you see inside or anything. It almost looks like a pressure cooker, but oh. um, it you, I, I have used it. It's got a, a tray that sits at the top where you can do if you want to steam vegetables, and it does it like I think in less than ten minutes. Um, it makes perfect rice really easily, and it, it the inside of it is a non-stick, a non-stick metal um, removable washable um, uh, pot that's in it. So super easy to keep clean, and um, it doesn't have the issue where, like with a regular crock pot, that's ceramic where stuff sticks to it. Right. So, and so. Um, it's got that, um, and then also it has a what's called a saute and simmer setting, where because it's it's a metal inside, the bottom of it gets hot enough that you can actually like fry things. So it's perfect for say if you're going to make like a chili, and you want to um, fry your burger or sausage or whatever you put into it. Um, First, you don't have to fry it on the oven top first. You can saute it right inside the thing itself and just leave it there and then add all of your other stuff for the chili and it's super easy. Um, and because it's got this clamp down top with a handle, um, it's also awesome for taking to like game days <laughs> where um, you're bringing chili or a dip or something or roast beef or whatever it is you're bringing. Um, you know, it's not like a, a lot of uh, slow cookers that have the lid that could fall off easily and they're super heavy. Right. Um, the, you know, this is all lightweight made of metal. Um, and so it just makes life so much easier for for making things and all kinds of things and I also recommended if 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 the dorms allow it it'd be great for a college student for to be able to you know yeah, I was learn. just thinking that like the versatility because a lot of slow cookers don't have a lot of um, capability to do different things they can pretty much do one thing which is just yeah you know, throw everything in the pot and let it cook which yep. is also great but you know so all digital programmable yeah. you know so you can set it timing and stuff so it's it's not like just turning in there's no knobs it's all right. buttons um cool yeah i i just i know it sounds kind of strange <laughs> but it, <laughs> it's so much multifunctional if you try it we, you'd end up using it a lot like i do i think so very cool very cool um okay so i have rhonda's suggestion is um a nap pillow buddy um which she sent a link to to target has a line of um their kids pillows um uh sort of cuddle pillows um and they are super geeky because there is actually a wonder woman one 
Um, oh my god. <laughs> there's Wonder Woman, there's Spider-Man, there's Power Rangers, Superman, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, there's a Minion one. There's a Minion one, yes, and that's the one that she read that I think is her recommendation that she would like a Minion, a minion nap pillow buddy. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so there's a whole bunch of sort of geeky characters, so there's even a donut. Um, so. Um, there's all kinds of different things you can get. Um, and they're all shaped like the characters. Like they're not just a pillow. So like the minion is shaped like a little minion pillow. So super cute. And that would be adorable to put underneath. Even if you're getting it for an adult, that would still be fun to put it underneath um, a Christmas tree. <laughs> a tree or some sort of a holiday uh, uh, display of, uh, of GIF. Um, my recommendation for a lifestyle comes from my own personal wish list. <laughs> which is for a Think Geek product called um, the Solar System Glasses. Has anybody else seen these? No. They're so cool. It's a set of glasses, and um, they all look like, like different planets. So you have nice. one that looks like Mars, and one that looks like Earth, and one that looks like oh. Jupiter. Yeah. I've got something like that, except for it's all the... Well, not all the planets, but it's the main planets from the Star Wars universe. Oh, like, that's cool. Ooh, Hoth, yeah. Alderaan, the Death Star. I like that one. Tatooine. Yeah, yeah. that's very are they, cool. Are they like Tumblr size? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I'm trying kind to of see. rounded? Yeah, yeah, kind of uh, a larger sort of jupe. Actually, I think, you know, they're actually, the size of the glasses is based on the size of the planets. Oh, wow. <laughs> so Jupiter's about the size of your house and oh, yeah. <laughs> Earth is so about the big. size of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and like That's Pluto's cool. a little small glass, so I think they are they're a relative size to to the planet themselves. So um, super geeky, very cool, um, not and attractive looking. Like that's like you can get a lot of these things that are are kind of not very attractive. They're really pretty. So um, it's one of those things. I can't remember exactly when I first saw the um, the link for it, but um, you know you can pretty much. And I'm not gonna. I, I should have said this at the start of this episode, but I'll say it now. Uh, we're not getting the Geek Embassy is completely self-funded. <laughs> 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 this is not an advertisement show. We're not getting money from anybody. We don't have free products. Anything that you see that we have here on this gift recommendation is because we bought it ourselves. Um, and we're not getting. We're not sponsored by anybody here. <laughs> However, if somebody like Think Geek wanted to sponsor us, we'd definitely sign up. <laughs> 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 uh, so you can always you can always find cool stuff there though that was what I was kind of getting at with that that comment all I'm going to say is if you end up with those glasses you're never making me a cocktail in the Jupiter glass <laughs> <laughs> I do have kind of a recommend uh, 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 oh god I can't think of the word I do have a tendency to make very strong cocktails yes <laughs> it's true and make sure I that would, people always have cocktails. Yeah, like everybody eats at my house, and generally everybody drinks at my house. It's kind of a thing. <laughs> I blame it on um, my Sicilian ancestors. So. <laughs> right. It's right. all their fault. It's not my fault. It's my culture. <laughs> Speaking of culture, uh, let's do some pop culture recommendations. I'll go. Okay. <laughs> Um, this one is awesome. Uh, in fact, 
you guys can put away the rest of your list. Because <laughs> you're just gonna throw down the mic with this one, and it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is good for people who like Legos and people who like the original Ghostbusters. It's the uh, Lego Ghostbuster Firehouse. Mm-hmm. I don't personally have this. My wife wants it, although if she gets it, I'm probably gonna help her build it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it is amazing. Um, it's, uh, about 4,600 pieces. Um, oh. It comes with, uh, I think it's like eight of the minifigures. Um, wow. Looks like it's got the four Ghostbusters. Um, it's got Slimer. It's got the Librarian Ghost. I thought it also had the, uh, yeah, it has Lewis and, and Dana as well. Um, and the the firehouse itself, like, literally is a full-on firehouse, and it actually breaks open. So you can actually um, play with the minifigs in the, the house mm-hmm. itself. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. super cool. Yeah, it is not for the faint of heart or the faint of wallet, though, because it is uh, retails for 350 bucks. So it's Ooh. it's it's serious. <laughs> this, is, this is serious Legos, people. This is not for dabblers or beginners. This but is you said it had something like four... Like four thousand pieces, right? Yeah, yeah, forty six hundred. That's uh, that's more than an afternoon of assembly. Yeah. And if uh, Ryan did a video for us a while back where he did a time lapse of um, his, I think I can't remember exactly what it was he was assembling. Um, it might have been the um, VW bus. I can't remember, but he he did a. a time lapse and we put it up on the Geek Embassy um, YouTube channel. And so Ryan, if you get anything like this for Christmas, <laughs> you better do a video for us. <laughs> I have the Millennium Falcon and it takes me like seven hours to put it together. <laughs> that is I, I admire the patience involved that oh, I would never have. So cathartic. <laughs> It is. I love. I love doing it. I have a, a a quick anecdote as to why you should want to do it. Um, when uh, Ryan was still, uh, I think he was probably like around twelve or thirteen at the time. He got a a Lego castle set for his birthday, and he got it the day he got it, uh, or, or his birthday. I managed to break the tips of both of my ring fingers on my and simultaneously at the theater I was working at. And, uh, how? Oh yeah. It was miserable. Oh, but, the uh, tips of your fingers. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. I ended up, uh, helping him put his Lego castle together that night thinking it would be, you know, excruciating and I wouldn't be able to do it. And I actually forgot all about the fact that my fingers, you know, felt like they had been smashed you know, on an anvil. So I there to me there is really something zen about putting Legos together. It really can kind of put you in a different frame of mind, so mm. that you know things like that aren't as as bad. But yeah, that that Lego firehouse is probably going to take a fair amount of time. I don't know. I don't remember how many pieces my I got a Star Wars um, Star Destroyer collector set um, for my birthday one year, and I think it took me like thirty two hours to put it together. So. Oh wow. <laughs> I don't remember how many pieces I had, but and I they're know. all the same color. <laughs> yes, yes, it was brutal. <laughs> but I imagine that doing the the firehouse is probably going to be, you know, something like a, a twenty four to thirty two hour project. So yeah, no kidding. With all those pieces, that would be yeah, 
but I think I think it'd be a fun set to put together. So it looks yeah. awesome. I mean, it looks like a you know. It looks like the firehouse. It looks like a dollhouse, uh, you know, in the in the detail, especially with the fact that you can open it and you can play on the inside of it. That's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. All right, Evan, what do you have for pop culture recommendations? Oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> Wait. Well, I can also recommend Legos. <laughs> yeah, do it. Actually, I do have... This is, I think, a quintessential one. It's a Lego bag end from the Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, it's, it was, it's technically it's from the Hobbit movies because it's got like all the dwarves and stuff that go with it. But like it's got it's got the door that opens and you can go inside. And the other side is the inside of the oh. house. And it's got all these little Lego foods, like this little Lego carrot. And like this little Lego pretzel, for some reason I don't remember them eating pretzels. But it's like it's really fun. And it's got like <laughs> all this stuff you'd expect on the inside of like Bilbo's house. Like it's got his his little book that he writes, and like a little quill and ink jar. Like I love Legos just in general. I mostly just collect the Star Wars ones because I cannot allow myself to have more than one that I collect because I will go into bankruptcy and run out of shelf space. But I felt like I had to get this one because it's just got a lot of little details that you don't usually get with other kinds of Lego sets. So I don't even think that you can still find this in stores. You probably have to look at them like... Yeah, I was just wondering that. Something. Like, if it was associated with a movie, it's probably not something that we can uh, can run to. But, you know, you know, you might find it on eBay or something like that to take a look. But um, our... They tend to get really expensive, though. Yeah, yeah they do. They can, they can get really, really pricey. Um. James, who's watching, is is a big fan. <laughs> he said, "Me likey." Yeah. <laughs> Sweet <little> <laughs> Actually, I read somewhere that like because Legos so reliably increase in value that some like drug dealers and like gun runners and stuff use Legos as currency for their underworld exchanges. It's like their way of laundering money because it always turns always a profit. Does. It's like like pound for pound, Lego is more valuable than gold. Really got to ruin it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> One of these days, I'll have to take some some pictures of my wife's uh, Monster Hunter Lego sets that she's got put together. She's it's insane. Nice. <laughs> the, the top of our uh, TV stand in our our uh, dining room slash gaming room is literally covered in every square inch in Monster Hunter Legos. Nice. Plus she's got the Death Star on a shelf in there and she's she's out of control. I love <laughs> I love Legos, but she's a Lego maniac. <laughs> <laughs> well there are worse things you could be a, a maniac for. Right. <laughs> All right, Julie, what did you have for pop culture? Um I actually had just a um a cute little thing. I actually got one myself. Um, it is a, a, um, it has a 3D effect looking lamp. And so, um, it's very basic. It's a little round black plastic, uh, bottom to it. And then it has, uh, um, popping out of the middle of it. It's just a piece of clear acrylic that has a white etching of something on it. And 
they they have all all kinds of things, but of course the ones I were I was drawn to were the um, Star Trek and Star Wars ones, and so um, and then it has a, a base uh, multicolor light that shines behind it, so um, it shines up on it, and so it it looks almost like if you saw it from afar, it looks almost like a hologram um, because of the the etching on it is a three D etching. Um, when you're up close, it doesn't look so much like a hologram, but it looks still looks really cool. And it has a setting where you can, it has usually about seven different colors. So you can have it just be one color that's shining up on it. Or the last one, you can have it where it, it's an LED and it, it rotates flashing through the different colors if you know, don't want to see just one. Um, it looks really cool from the pictures. I'm looking at the link right now. Yeah. The yeah, one really I cool. the one that I was drawn to was actually the Millennium Falcon and the RTD2, um, but I actually ended up with the Starship Enterprise because that one I just thought was so cool looking. I still may get the Millennium Falcon though, but the Starship Enterprise I ended up getting, and they have them on Amazon and um, eBay, and so if you and they're really inexpensive. They're, you know, um, like twenty bucks. Yeah, twenty two dollars. Yeah, you know, some yeah. of them. Are crazy somebody try some people try to gouge you and they're like twice the price you know but on average most of them are about 20 bucks and um, if you get them off eBay you just you know if you're trying to get in time for Christmas you just got to be careful a lot of them ship from like China um, and so you may not get it for Christmas either you want to watch out for you know the shipping on it mm -hmm. um, but most of them ship free um, and they do have the like start the new Star Wars characters also um, and uh, for some of them, and they have other things, you know, that aren't sci-fi, but um, I just think they're so unique and um, a really easy, like, you know, for, I have to sit at your desk and it's a inexpensive gift for sci-fi geeks. So. Yeah, that's very cool. And it's unique. I like the idea of something that you don't, you wouldn't necessarily see every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very cool. All right. What do you have for us, Isabella? So, um... Keeping in line, I guess, with my tickets to see things. Um, you mean actually leaving the house? Do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying real hard to, to, to do that. Oh, okay. um, uh, the tickets to a comedy show. The example I had was tickets to the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Portland, mm -hmm. which I think is every year in May. Um, it's four days of, like, all-day comedy shows. Um a lot of the comics I like do it every year. And I've always wanted to go, but I could never um, catch it in time. So, yeah. Cool. That'll I be fun. That comedy, be shows can be really fun. comedy shows are real, can be really fun, especially if you're seeing somebody well-known. Even if you're not, if you're seeing somebody who's, you know, at a, I can't remember where it was I went, uh, a comedy club in Portland. Um, this is fun. Although um, I was kind of heckling the people who were doing it, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a bad person. I am kind of a heckler. I mean, I wasn't doing it so they could actually hear me. I was just trying to make the people at our table laugh. Um, I think I did pretty good. <laughs> <sighs> Can't take you anywhere. No, not, not at all. <laughs> not at all in any way. <laughs> all right, so Rhonda's recommendation for pop culture are um, Star Trek or Wonder Woman post postage stamps. 
um, that you can get at the post office. Um, they're very cool. Uh, and she put a little note here that said, um, she's always collected postage stamps. The artwork is a history of our world and culture. Uh, you can buy a standard sheet of stamps relating to anything your recipient loves, like anything, you know, any kind of interest they might have, and mounted in a floating frame so you can actually, you know, gift it in a frame so that can, they can appreciate the artwork. Um, and that you can get the floating frames from lots of craft stores like AC Moore, Michaels, and Joann's. Um, and that's a really great idea, kind of a unique way of um, uh, framing something that you would give as a gift. Um, and, you know, again, not terribly expensive. Uh, Rhonda's a, very, a big fan. I, I can't grab it because it's like way on my wall, but she's a big fan of floating um, frames. She sent me an, an issue of Wonder Woman from the year and month that I was born um, for my birthday last year. I showed it on another Hangout, um, and it came in the same kind of floating frame. And I remember her putting in the note when she sent it to me that um, to make sure I grabbed it and actually read the <laughs> comic. <laughs> on the inside of it. Um, my recommendation, this is my favorite recommendation for uh, today's gift guide. Um, I found these on uh, Facebook. Um, they're called My Bookmark. Um, and they are the most unique bookmarks I've ever seen. So essentially they take different characters and different aspects of pop culture and um, create a bookmark that actually sticks out the bottom of the book and looks like the feet of a given character. <laughs> yeah, um, my, wife, my wife has the uh, Wicked Witch. From yeah, the Wicked Witch one is one of my favorites with the, mm -hmm. you know, the black and white striped stockings and the red shoes. Um, mm -hmm. But they have a whole bunch of Harry Potter ones. Um, so like from all the houses of Harry Potter, you can um, you can get a Slytherin one for Yay. any of Slytherin. <laughs> Yay! Are you a Slytherin? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually yeah. took that quiz the other day, so am I. Go figure. Not oh, I, we might may have talked about this. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think I'm not. Oh a, no, I'm me and Regina. Oh, yeah. okay. Regina talked about it, and we definitely tagged you as a Slytherin. Yeah, just FYI. We were we were um we were sorting hat the entire embassy um on our way to Geek Girl Con this year. <laughs> where we were trying to find out where everybody kind of fits. You know what my Patronus was? A Thestral. A Thestral. Oh, that's that's real metal. Yeah, yeah. It's very thematic, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's very fitting. That's very fitting, <laughs> I have to say. I think I, I got, like, a basset hound or something really cute. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't taken I that know, quiz. I, I know you already got a beagle. A beagle. <laughs> Izzy, I know you're evil at heart, but... You're too damn cute to have anything less than a beagle or a, a basset hound for your patronus. I know. I wanted something cool. I know. But sometimes it's just not in the cards. <laughs> be a badger. Apparently, dragon is one that you can get, which just seems woefully unfair that, like, one person can brag about having a dragon and everybody else is stuck with, like, a vole or, like, a shrew or something like that. <laughs> Considering it is a make-believe. Um. Still not fair. <laughs> I'm happy with my Thestral. Yes, we take our fiction very seriously here at the Geek Embassy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they are very cool um, uh, uh, bookmarks. Um, and 
James just said he once told a judge he needed to be more Gryffindor and less Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> and how did that work out for James? I know. I'm really, I'm really curious. One of the um, the circumstances. <laughs> Hopefully not in court. <laughs> Unless you were really trying to get out of jury duty, maybe that would do it. But that could. That could. He said it didn't work out well. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it probably didn't. <laughs> um, and he said he's a lawyer. Oh. Nah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And he was in court. <laughs> it made me feel like I need to know the rest of the story. Not today, but Jimmy might need to tell me the rest of this. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the tech embassy and see what people have for um, tech recommendations. Uh, why don't we start with Julie? I think I've started with everybody else so far. I'm trying to keep track. Rhonda's usually the one who keeps the banty going, so. <laughs> well, mine's, uh, no surprise, a lifestyle tech item, and it's one I actually just got recently for myself. And um, off Amazon, it's actually just an, um, an electric uh, wine opener. <laughs> you know, because everybody... Uh, I don't know, at some point has misplaced a corkscrew or something, you know, and they're kind of dangerous, especially if you have kids around the house or something. Mm -hmm. So um, the electric one makes it so much easier. And if you've ever seen one, it's just kind of a, a like about an 11 inch cylinder. And, and it's just got a, a button where it, you can use it to um, screw and then also to unscrew to get the to be able to get the cork out of it, because as it does it takes it out of the bottle. It kind of goes up um, inside the item itself, but um, and it you, it has a little charging dock, um, but you don't have to keep it charged all the time because it'll work for like about 20, 30 openings, and then you need to charge it again. Um, so it, it's not something that has to drain electricity all the time. Um, so. And it comes with a little foil thing, like for champagne too, that that, that sticks on the dock. But it's it's uh, the one they come in. Uh, you can get as fancy as you want with them, but the one I have was like thirteen dollars. It's like twelve ninety five off Amazon. So um, it's a really inexpensive um, kind of handy gift, you know, for you know us. It's wine and games, of course. So if you've got somebody that hosts a lot, maybe. Or maybe you have a gift exchange that's under 20 bucks or something, and you could throw a cheap bottle of wine with it also or something. Um, or if you have a book club, that usually ends up being a wine drinking club. It's perfect for something like that. <laughs> I'm sure that happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of one of those things that, hey, you know, that would be kind of handy. You don't think about it till somebody gives it to you. So it's um, very cool. Easy. I like it. Looks so sci-fi. Yeah, it does look very high-tech. I suppose it is. Does have a good geek factor to it. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you had an on-air countertop, I could totally see somebody looking at it. Like, what is that? All right. Who wants to go next for technology? I got nothing. I'm too poor. Okay. All right, go, Mark. Um, mine is the uh, um, Apogee One uh, USB audio interface. It's basically a di digital audio converter for um, uh, a uh, an iPad or um, uh, iPhone. Uh, so you can basically record um, 
guitar and bass and um, vocals uh, onto your um, iPad or iPhone on uh, GarageBand. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I got one earlier this year, and uh, it's it is awesome. It's got a an XLR input for you know an actual uh, like a studio microphone, um, and it's got a, um, a quarter inch jack for plugging in your guitar or your bass, and um, you know it, it works great. And it's got a built-in mic in it as well. So if you don't have a natural microphone, you can use the the unit itself as a microphone and it actually has a, um, a mount that you can use to put on top of a microphone stand if you like. Um, so it's it's really a great piece of hardware for somebody who wants to, you know, record on the fly, you know, pretty quickly. In fact, mine's right over my shoulder here with my right. Yeah, and something that would be uh, portable that you could take with you and um, and record and even edit in, you know, whatever kind of location you were, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, with that, I could literally take, you know, my iPad and that Apogee and my guitar and a set of headphones and basically be able to, I mean, even if I just wanted to practice, you know, it would work because GarageBand mm -hmm. has a bunch of um, amp settings and stuff like that when you, when you plug into it. So, um you know, even if you just want to use it so that you can use your iPad or your iPhone um, as an amp to practice with, you know, on your guitar or your bass or something like that. It's, I think, a really um, great piece of hardware. Cool. Very cool. All right, Isabella, what did you have for tech? So I had the Polk um, Swimmer Bluetooth um, speaker. So it's, it's a waterproof speaker that has this cool little, like, tail on it that you can wrap around things. Oh. Like, like you can use it in the shower or you can use it outside. And it's, like, the little tail can also work as a stand so that you can, you know, prop it up. Um, and it's fairly inexpensive, but it has pretty good reviews um, because a lot like of the sound quality. Yeah, yeah the, the higher-end Bluetooth speakers usually go for, like, Three hundred, four hundred dollars. So they can get pretty spendy real fast. But yeah, that's like a good lower end one. If you just, if you're like right. me, like you're always <laughs> listening to something. It's not always, it's not always practical to have headphones in. Um, yeah, it actually so. shows the picture of it kind of looped over. Um, it looks like the shower, <laughs> like a shower yeah, rod. Like a shower rod. Yeah, so you could like actually put your music into the shower yeah. if you were showering. Um, which is cool. And it comes in interesting colors. So it's got blue, orange, and green. So I always, such yeah. a girl. I always like when there's different colors associated with I things like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Rhonda's um, tech suggestion, um, her note for it is, well, why not? Um, <laughs> and it's an Explorer's drone camera. Um, a drone with a camera on it so <laughs> it's a um, it looks like it's a small a small drone with a small camera on it that you could um, uh, you could fly around and uh, record as you were sort of uh, droning it I guess <laughs> uh, I think drones are kind of hilarious I think they're fun I had a friend who had one I we were playing with uh, not that long ago and it was just it was just fun to see how we could terrorize people with it so um, that was her recommendation for technology. Um, yeah, I was seeing a theme emerge for me. I'm not looking very nice this time. Um, for tech, 
was that? I think you're a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If I take the Patronus test and I come back with a dragon, none of you are ever going to live it down. <laughs> I'll have to do that after the hangout just because. <laughs> so, so, yeah, but somebody's got to be watching you so you don't, like, back up yeah, and trying totally. to game it. Oh, yeah. I cannot trust her. I don't know why everybody's so suspicious of me. Okay, maybe I do. <laughs> <laughs> and Julie doesn't get to tell any stories about that at all. <laughs> Silence. I know exactly what you're thinking about. <laughs> nope. So my recommendation <laughs> for the tech consulate. Um, I was looking at um, uh, wearable fitness trackers because I know that um, they can be very, very trendy. Um, the Fitbit and um, uh, Windows has a, a bracelet type deal thing that you can wear now too. Um, and I've always thought they were kind of interesting but not something I was really very uh, drawn to. But I found one um, that's actually, it's called the Lumo Lift and it's a posture coach and activity tracker. Um, so you wear it, instead of wearing a bracelet, you wear it um, pinned to your lapel, and it buzzes you when you start to slouch. Hmm. And it's something I've been noticing in myself, like in the last uh, six months or so, that I'm getting more likely to, to hunch over, and I thought that something that would remind me to keep my shoulders back might be really helpful. And so it also like tracks your steps and stuff as well as you, when you're wearing it, but it helps you sort of program yourself to keep your posture better uh, since we don't all have our moms, you know, reminding us constantly to keep our shoulders <laughs> or uh, stand up straight. Uh, they actually said that in the in the video that they have on uh, Amazon for it. Um, you can go and you can see and they're like, oh yeah, our moms aren't always here to remind us. Um, it's a little on the expensive side, it's $80, um, but it looks like it's pretty kind of cool. It syncs to your phone, has an app to your phone that helps you. Um, to track exactly how many minutes you had good posture for and when you kind of slip and fall into to slouching or whatnot. So that's not that in, that's not that expensive for a fitness tracker. For a fitness tracker, yeah. I just I yeah. realized that after that those the, after I said it that those can be uh, the they Fitbits can, can be get kind of pricey. Yeah. 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 So that was my suggestion for that. Something a little a less um, a little more off the beaten path. All right, and I saved my favorite, one of my favorite consulates, not that I don't love all the consulates for last, um, but our gaming suggestions. Um, and I'm going to start, since I'm the only person who hasn't started, um, I am absolutely 100% in love with Seven Wonders Duel. Uh, and has anybody played it? No. Mm -hmm. Anybody know what it is? I'm assuming it's an app where you get to play head-to-head -head against your friends. It's not an app. It's a it's an actual card game. Um, it is a two player Seven Wonders game. Uh, Seven Wonders is one of my all time favorite like top five board games, um, and they have in the traditional Seven Wonders uh, set they have rules to play two players. And at the bottom of the instructions, it actually says we don't recommend that you play this way. Um, <laughs> So you know that they knew it was flawed, and it is. I played once two-player on the regular one, and it's awful. Essentially, you have a third hand that you just play blind, where you just hand cards out without any, you know, consideration for what's happening, and it's just a nightmare. Um, so Seven Wonders Duel takes the same mechanics for Seven Wonders and makes it a two-player game. Um, it is not a friendly game. <laughs> 
course not. That's why it's called dual. Yes. If you do, if you're, you know, harboring any resentment or any anger against the person you're playing with, um, I would, you know, suggest not playing this game (laughs) because pretty much every move you're making is set up to, you know, to strategically sort of mess with the other person. Um, It does have, uh, there are three options for winning. Uh, You can win with science, you can win with uh, military, or you can win with wonders. Uh, We've never made it to uh, wonders win yet. Um, Military and science always seem to kind of win out. And I'm not sure if that's, I've only played with Chris, so I'm not sure if that's just our playing style. (laughs) It's hard Um, to know when you're playing against an android. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Someone who always goes for you know, min max are the one who just goes for whatever the kill is going to be. So <laughs> it's a little hard for me to gauge whether or not that is really the way it goes. But um, I've had some pretty devastating kill kills kills uh, wins with uh, with the science because I tend to go science. He tends to be more likely to go military. Um, but the science is really fun. I really like the way they they develop the science for um, for dual. So is I it easier recommend. than the regular science? Because I still can't get the hang of that one. <laughs> yes, it's easier than than <laughs> in the regular Seven Wonders game. Um, it's much more straightforward. You're essentially collecting cards, and um, there's a pyramid of cards between you and the other player, and you're both playing off the same deck and selecting cards that. Um, you have available to you a limited number of cards at a time. Each card that you take reveals one or two more cards to play off of. So that's part of the strategy is like, which cards am I going to reveal? What chances am I going to give this other person to play? And if you see them going for science, you can kind of mess them up. But instead of having to like collect a large number of science cards, you only have to collect two matching ones to essentially get a science token, which gives you specific bonuses so it's definitely a little easier um to go with that so uh yeah so that's my that's my pitch for for duel as a fun game and games are always good i find around the holidays to have because you can um if you're with your family and you're wondering about what to do you can always pull out a game so Rhonda's game suggestions are for um these mini um storage containers for game pieces they're little tiny plastic screw on top lids, containers, um, a set of 10 of them. Um, they look really cool. I don't know if anybody's run into these problems with games pieces, you know, having no. a mind of their own. <laughs> My wife does not allow that. No. <laughs> My wife has her own stash of various size, tiny little um, Ziploc bags for tokens and bits yeah. and bits from games. Yeah, we have most of ours in Ziploc bags, those little, especially the little snack size Ziplocs, mm-hmm. the little tiny ones. We have almost everything in those. Um, and then she she has a, a dice bag here, too, um, which is really cool, um, which I'll put on there. So dice bags and um, um, storage containers for gaming, always sort of practical choices for your favorite gamer. All right. Uh, who do I want to pick on? Um, Isabella, what's your gaming? Um, so... Last night for my birthday, my friends took me to Guardian Games, and we picked up this RPG game that we plan to start pretty soon called Mouse Guard. Um, cool. It kind of looks like, if you know the art of like Redwall, um, the book series, um, it's it's like you're basically little mouse warriors, and you like fight different animals and stuff, but it's really cool, and it looks really family-friendly. and Neat. Um, that looks like fun. The art is absolutely adorable because we were looking for something that we can play 
more often than our ongoing like Star Wars RPG game. So it looks really cool, and I'm really excited to check it out. Yeah, I've gotten a chance to you play. You should it. check out Mice and Mystics. I played that last weekend, and it's it's kind yeah. of a similar theme where you play as a mouse and mouse warrior. I was cool. the wizard or something like that. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask if it was by the same company. It's Plat Hat Games that makes Mice and Mystics. Is it is it the same one for for the game that you got? Um, I don't think so. No, it says David Peterson. It's the copyright. Oh, okay. It just says David Peterson's Mouse Guard. I don't see. What did you think of Mice and Mystics? Um, I liked it. It was fun. I love. I like the story aspect of it. Um. Like many cooperative games, I get kind of disengaged. Pass, yeah, and yeah. The strategist drive. Yeah, yeah. Where I, so I had that same experience with it, where I didn't, um, I didn't feel as engaged in it as I feel in other uh, cooperative games that we've been playing recently. So, um, but I loved the story and I loved the character aspect of it, and I love that you're playing through like chapters of an a longer story as you're playing it. I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, so that I might seems have to be how Mass Guard is set up because it's where you have actual structure. chapters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I really like that aspect. I like the the continuation where you start it and then you kind of continue the story. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, like I said, I didn't have the same level of engagement. I, I feel even in like the full game of Pandemic or we've been playing um, Pandemic the Cure with the dice, the dice version of Pandemic, which I absolutely love. And I'm always engaged in playing in that one. So that's that's really a bonus for me um, with style and style of cooperative game. So I guess you're not surprised. Have you played it, Mark? My no, I um, I think I got it for Christmas last year from Heath, and we just have never gotten around to playing it yet. She actually got the original game, and I think there was some sort of expansion pack that yeah. she got me as well. So I was just curious how you liked it, and yeah. sorry, sorry to step all over <laughs> Isabella's. Oh, you're fine. It <laughs> <laughs> relates, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. What do you have, Julie, for games? Well, I don't have a game um, in particular, but because it's a holiday gift-giving um, episode, um, I have um, the general uh, idea for uh, the general uh, cards. So, um, and as you know... <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I just looked at what it was, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I love this uh, because you, you could, I mean, it's, you know, just you can get them any place where, you know, they put photos on things. Um, and it, basically you're just making a card deck where the, you know, the backside is a photo. I grab it. I thought and, I could grab them. Uh, right now, for example, Walgreens has all of their photo items um, half off. So it, it's like $12 for a deck of cards or something. And you may be able to get them cheaper somewhere else. I don't know. That's just what I came across today for an example. But, but Regina, I did this a few years ago when Regina, I think it was for finishing your dissertation. dissertation um, yeah. yeah. Um, so I have them somewhere. They're nearby. Yeah. <laughs> I Actually, I'm going to find them. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> So she, ah, the podcast is not being driven. Oh, no. <laughs> so she had in their apartment when you walked in, uh, stuck on the wall, this photo that she loved 
of of her meeting Will Wheaton at a at a con, and um, she had told him that he she had mentioned him in her dissertation, and so he had written this. Um, grabbed a napkin or something and he or a piece of paper or something and he wrote a note card yeah it was like I said uh, blue star of awesome and so it's a picture of, of she and will together and he's holding this up and um, and she had it there and so um, one day it was I was sneaky when when Jaden wasn't there and I uh, um, I messaged uh, Chris to go, can you go, go get that photo off the wall and scan it for me <laughs> and email it to me? <laughs> and so, um, and so I had that made into some decks of cards for her as a, as a gift because she loved yep. that commemoration. So yeah, uh, they're awesome. I wish I, I just rearranged everything on my shelves in my office and I'm not sure where, where they're <laughs> at. I know they're up there somewhere. Um, I still have them. I don't think we've ever actually played a game with them, but he gave me two decks. Um, with the Will Wheaton picture, which is also on my wall here too. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I had some made like, um, uh, you know, with my dad. I mean, you could do. I mean, uh, you know, I was thinking too. You guys are talking about these massive Lego projects you do. You know, that'd be a fun thing to do to take a picture of that and and have it made into cards or something. You know. Um, yeah, or anybody's collection of anything that you keep, yeah. like uh, Heather's dolls or whatever. You know, that would be yeah. you know a good a good. Thing to put on on the cards too. Yeah, a book cover of a book you've written. Yeah, yep. Oh yeah, a cover of a book you've written. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder who that would be appropriate yeah. for. <laughs> well, at least two fifths of this gathering. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's just a simple, easy. You know, it's one of those uh, gifts that um, you know everybody's thought of a photo thing, but you know, for right. gamers, it's a it's a fun thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, uh, Evan, what do you have for gaming? I have this one game that I found on the internet that was really fun. It's called Super Fight, and it's a card game. It's kind of, it's a it's like a party kind of card game mm -hmm. where you you get like these cards that have different attributes on them, and like you have like one card that has like an attribute on it, and another one that's like a noun, and like maybe your noun is like a gorilla, and the other one is has has X-ray vision or something like that. And you have like four cards, and you play two of them, and that's your superhero. And like, if you play those two cards, then you, your superhero is a gorilla with X-ray vision. And right. then your opponent has the same kind of thing, and they play maybe a ballerina who has like flame powers. And then you each draw one other card that has the potential to either be an extra power or a weakness, and then you have to play that onto them. So maybe you end up with like a gorilla who has x-ray vision but also has irritable bowel syndrome or something like that. And like <laughs> the opponent does the same thing. And then you have to argue who would win in a fight between the two of them. And it can lead to some really interesting kind of matchups between your different players. And it usually descends into anarchy very quickly. Yeah. So basically, it's a game that plays on the 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 culture of nerds arguing about who would beat who <laughs> like yes. Wolverine yes. versus Superman or something like that. Yes. And feels, there are those characters in something there too. we'd see on Big Bang Theory. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, I think oh, I actually I And there's oh. like expansion packs that have like different kinds of cards that you can get that, that are themed. So it's cool. it's a lot. Of fun. It sounds like I it. know there's a Walking Dead expansion. 
Last no, I time I played it. my on that one, but we didn't use it because not everyone knew about The Walking Dead, which yeah. made it kind of confusing. Um, <laughs> but it's fun. It's it's cards against humanity, like. Yeah. Um, but with characters and stories instead of just yes. disturbing things that you laugh at and then yeah. feel bad about afterwards. <laughs> Generally, yes, a lot more family friendly. Yeah, it there sounds is, like there it. is like a red deck that you can add that makes it. It's like a mischief oh. pack, which has like horrible things, just like cards against humanity. It sounds a little like Smash Up to me too, with the um, or you take you know Smash Up, you take two separate decks and then m mash them together and then play them. So like robot fairies or <laughs> pirates. That's awesome rope or pirate aliens or pirate zombies or you know there's all kinds of different combinations that you can play for that so so yeah that's very cool I like the storytelling aspect but I usually do <laughs> all right Mark what do you have for gaming um, it's called Dice Masters it's kind of like in the vein of uh, uh, Magic the Gathering um, and it's it's kind of a deck game, but um, they call it a dice building game because you basically get some cards, kind of like you do in Magic, but the cards basically just tell you what your dice do. And um, you basically need to have, you have basically eight different characters and they can have anywhere between one and four dice on each one of them as long as the total amount of dice on those characters doesn't exceed 20. Um, and you basically just kind of cycle through your dice over and over again. It's kind of got a Yahtzee feel to it too, because you roll your you roll um, at least four dice every turn, and if you don't like the roll, you can re-roll any number of them. Um, and it's got a kind of a a, a combat feel to it, like uh, Magic does, where you have you know, um, like in my case, I play with the the Marvel sets, so it's Marvel Avengers and and X-Men and stuff like that. And they have a, a, an attack value and a defense value. So basically when they go after one and when you attack somebody, they throw their whatever in front of you and you right. do something. Um, cool. But it's, it's really cool because they have a bunch of different IPs for it. So mm -hmm. they have uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Faerun, um, Battle of Faerun or something like that is one of the, one of the sets, um, they just count the Ninja Turtles set. I, I saw online they have DC Heroes, they have Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, There's Deadpool, out. it looks like. And... Yeah. yeah, so. Yeah. And you can actually uh, mix and mash those all together into one, you know, deck, for lack of a better term, if you wanted to. Right. Um, I don't tend to do that. I like to play with a theme, so. It's a really fun game, um, and you know, if you get like a, a starter um, set for somebody, it's usually about twenty bucks, and it comes with enough stuff for um, two people to play a starter game, or enough for one person to you know get a, a, a good start on their collection. And they also sell them in boosters, like uh, Magic did. But I think they, I, I, I like how they do their boosters because they're two cards and two dice for a dollar. So I think it's a really good price point for, you know, kids to, if they get into it, to be able to stop by their gaming shop or whatever on the way home from school or something, buy a booster or two or something like that. Yeah, just to kind of keep it going and keep the interest in it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, very cool. It looks yeah. like fun. It's a very fun game. 
Yes. Excellent. Well, I think that's, is that everybody? Did everybody go on that one? Mm-hmm. All right, yep. cool. Did anybody have anything that they came across that didn't fit into a consulate that you thought you wanted to share? No. Oh, that's good. I have a, a phone game recommendation to make because that's primarily what I play these days, much to the chagrin of most of my friends who I game with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember when you used to game. You remember when I used to game? I did used to game. Um, Plants vs. Zombies Heroes. You should have known. You should have known. Yes, you should have known. It is a magic-like game for, uh, but using the Plants vs. Zombies um, characters <laughs> as cards and heroes. And um, it is, it's fun. It's addictive. I want to blame my friend Amy for getting me started on it. Um, I love some of the artwork that they did for it was absolutely adorable. Um, the modifications they've made to some of the characters are just really cute. Um, so here's one of the, um, so that's one of the zombie bad guys that you play. He's based, he's the, um, based on the, um, there you go. Okay. I was trying to get it in focus. I was more worried about trying to get it in focus. So this is like the hero, the plant hero up on top here. So he's based on the, um, the potatoes that you planted that explode. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole character based on that, a whole deck of cards to play based on that. And this is the disco zombie bad guy that you mm -hmm. play as. Um, yeah, and you can see you've got different zombies you play, and you just kind of play against each other. It's pretty fun, and I would, I would recommend it. It is free to play with the caveat, of course, that um, you're going to turn around and find out that, you know, they want money from me for cards and things. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you guys for your recommendations today. Um, thanks to our listener. Thanks to Jimmy for um, for watching and listening live with us. So always nice when you know we have somebody who's actually watching. <laughs> uh, if you are watching or listening, we are going to have, I'll have an article up this week with links to all of the recommendations and some pictures for you guys of the recommendations that we made on today's show. Um, as always, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter, uh, follow our Facebook page, and go to our website, thegeekembassy.com. And if we missed your favorite gift recommendation for your favorite geeky friends, please let us know. I would love to hear recommendations from anybody else about um, gifts to potentially give to your geeky, um, your geeky, the geeky people in your life. Well, all right. Well, thanks. And uh, we'll be back uh, on New Year's Day is going to be our next hangout. It's going to be on New Year's Day. Um, we're going to do <laughs> what we're thankful for 2016 for. So um, I'm giving all y'all here something. notice that you might want to start it. working on that list now. <laughs> What's our... What's our policy about showing up to uh, hangouts hungover? Is there a policy? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did um, New Year's Day last year, and um, I, speaking from experience, yeah, I was definitely um, feeling a little pain um, <laughs> myself <laughs> after having had some really nice wine with my friends. Um, so you can show up hungover, or if you want to embrace the hair of the dog, <laughs> All right, let's get those uh, mojitos and. Uh, I'm very, very comfortable with <laughs> people bring their own holiday-themed cocktails for <laughs> for the New Year's Day hangout. Um, so look for us then. We'll be we'll be live again on January 1st around the same time, 2 p.m. Pacific. 
All right. Thanks for listening. Until next time, get your geek on. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.